Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by Kings. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good ride, Kobe. Underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks, where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Welcome to Kicks and Bricks. Rocking with us today is one of the most iconic MCs of the 1990s, one of the most accomplished rappers turned actors, um, Fredro Star of Onyx. What's good, man? How you doing? Hello, man. What's good? You can see me? I can't see you. Nah, man. You got your um, camera off. Oh, let me get this right. There oh, we go. All right, man. What's up, son? All right, so um, so you're from Jamaica, Queens. Like, can you tell us like how did the group come together? Honestly, from Jamaica, Queens, man. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. If anybody know where Jamaica Queens at, if you've never ever been to Jamaica Queens, just take a flight to JFK Airport and you're in Jamaica Queens, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't know the airport is basically in the hood, you know what I'm saying? So when you go to Jamaica, Jamaica JFK, that's 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 the hood. You know what I'm saying? That's South Side. Um it was ill growing up, man. We came up in the crack era. You know, when we came up, man, I'm watching my kids right now playing the park, man. You know, when we came up, it was it was much different. You know what I'm saying? We didn't we, we didn't have none of this. What we had was uh, crack vibes on the floor, crackheads running around, young dudes driving around in expensive cars, um, police detectives. Um, this is this is what we were seeing when we was growing up in the '80s, man. You know what I'm saying? It was just a different time, you know what I'm saying? It was just ill, it was, everything was moving fast. And um, I met this kid named Big DS. This kid, he lived on my block named Big DS. And me and him, we had we, we had a lot of um, similarities with this hip hop shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we, we was on a block, it was a lot of kids on our block, but me and him, me and Big DS, we had this special kind of bond with this hip hop shit and um, we started rhyming. You know, we was looking up the niggas like Slick Rick, you know, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, Coogee Rap, you know what I'm saying? Run DMC, of course, LL, EPMD. You know, we was looking at them dudes. We was like, yo, this shit is ill, you know what I'm saying? But when groups like Rock Call Quest and New School, those dudes made us feel like we could be a part of that movement. You know what I'm saying? As far as the dressing, the dancing, because when we was like 16, 17, 18, Tribe Called Quest and them, they, they was popping. So that was kind of like the years that you really get to go out 
to the clubs on your own. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like your first experience with hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like 16, 17, 18. That's when you you getting out and you're doing your thing. So um, we grew up in that whole era, man. The whole Daisy Age, the De La Soul, Shop Pro Quest. And from there, we was like, yo, we want to rhyme. So, you know, that made us kind of want to rhyme. Like, we used to rhyme kind of like, kind of rhyme like that. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 what was moving. And that's how we was rhyming kind of like, like we was on some Jungle Brothers type shit. You know what I'm saying? When we first started. Because if anybody knows about Onyx, we had a we had a single. The first single before we met Jam Master J, before Sticky was in the group, before any of that. We had this single on Profile Records called Ah, and we do it like this. You know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those ill melodic type of ill records, you know what I'm saying? Produced by my man, B Wiz, man. You know what I'm saying? B Wiz got murdered, the producer for that track. But um, yeah, man. We was growing up, we was just seeing shit around us like that, and um we just started going to the studio, came off with a record deal. You know, you know, I have Bimmy coming up. He's from um South Jamaica too. Did um have you ever um run into him like back then? Yeah, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like like even before the whole honest stuff, man, like me personally, I used to rhyme in this park called Baisley Park, you know what I'm saying? It was like one of the illest parks in Queens, you know what I'm saying? All the hustlers, all the fly chicks from Queens would be there. Grandmaster Vic was was the DJ there, you know what I'm saying? And they would have park jams there. So, um, yo, we would walk all the way from 135th Street, all the way, I'm talking about it had to be at least 20, 20, 20, 30 blocks. I'm talking summertime, 100 degrees in New York. We used to walk to the park from Rockway Boulevard and, um, I used, I, used, I used to get under the ropes because there was this rope where the DJ was at, you know what I'm saying? And, and the rope, if you got under the rope, then you was able to rhyme. So I used to go under the rope, man. Me, Cheeks from Lost Boys, and my man P.I. So I earned my little name in the hood rhyming in the park with Grandmaster Vic. So Bimmy was one of the hustlers that would be in the park, you know, Supreme Team, all the niggas in Baisley, you know what I'm saying? So Bimmy was always out there, fly dude, you know what I'm saying, with the freckles. Ill BMW, you know what I'm saying? Ill clothes. And, you know, Bimmy was, 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 he was a young hustler. Like, he wasn't too much older than me. But here's a funny story, though, with Bimmy. So, um, I was on Jamaica Avenue, you know what I'm saying? Shopping for some sneakers or whatever. So I seen Bimmy, who I know from Baisley. I seen him on the Ab. He was in front of his car. I don't know if it was a BMW, Honda Accord. He had some fly shit. So I seen Bimmy. Bimmy was like, yo, What's up, shorty? I'm like, yo, what's up, man? He like, yo, man, I see you be rhyming in the park, man. I like that shit, man. He's like, yo, I want to manage you. <laughs> so I'm like, manage me? I'm like, I'm looking at this nigga. I'm like, this nigga look like a straight hustler. I was like, what you, what you know about, like, managing? Like, you know what I'm saying? And it was that was just a funny ill moment because I always say to Bimmy, man, I say, yo, you, you could have been my first manager, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, we, we definitely south side. Southside, you know what I'm saying? That's that's we from the same cloth, man. All right, so like throw your guns in the air was like one of the was was like one of your first records like take off. Like what like like what was the studio session like for that? The energy had to be crazy. Oh man, the energy for throw your guns. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 was crazy. That that was I mean, 
just just get like I said, man, before we even met Jam Master J, you know what I'm saying? We 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 had the little honest thing going. Hold on for two seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had to check up on the little ones, man. Yeah, man. The throw your guns energy was was that was the next movement of Onyx. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we had to deal with profile, single deal. It ain't really do too much, you know what I'm saying? And um it was me, Sun C. Sun C he moved from Brooklyn, he joined the group, so it was me, Sun C and Big DS, man. And um somehow we got this deal at profile, but it didn't work out. So we had to go back to the drawing board, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like take it from from scratch, you know what I'm saying? So now hip hop was changing. Like I said, when we when we came out with that record, you had De La Soul, Tripod Quest. So we was fitting into what they was doing, you know what I'm saying? Like this is what's going on in hip hop, you know what I'm saying? But then it started changing, and I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this shit. Big DS. He had a white Bronco, same Bronco OJ Simpson had. Word to my mother. Same white Bronco. Big DS had that shit. And we was driving to DC. And this nigga, Big DS, puts in an NWA cassette tape. And we driving to DC. This nigga playing NWA. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this bullshit? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, you know, power holes in my lawn. You know what I'm saying? And Check the rhyme, y'all. And now we hearing, fuck the police. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this bullshit? You know what I'm saying? And the way they was rhyming, it wasn't like, you know, West Coast rhyming back then. They wasn't really like, you know, they wasn't nice. You know what I'm saying? To me, it was different. But Big DS, he was like, yo, this is shit in WA. And when he played that shit, that shit kind of changed everything for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because when N.W.A. came out, that's when hip-hop kind of changed. You know what I'm saying? That's when hip-hop changed, man. That's that's when hip-hop changed, man. And that was kind of where the next vision of Onyx came in, man. You know what I'm saying? With the whole just, you know, living life, man. You know, explaining what Queens was about. Living in the present. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, my man B-Wiz, from the first single deal, he got murdered. My man Third Six got shot in the barber shop. I'm, I'm holding his his stomach like this, this, this. I'm holding the dude like, yo, don't die, don't die. Like, yo, it's like I'm seeing all this shit around me growing up in Queens. It's like, you know, my first apartment, niggas was selling cracks. Yo, I had to, yo, my first apartment on, on Brisbane, I had to climb over niggas to get in my crib because niggas was selling cracks on my stoop. This is what I was living and this is what I was seeing. And I'm, now I'm getting older. And then life came and then Sticky came in the group because Jam Master J was like, yo, your cousin from Brooklyn, that nigga Sticky, he ill. You need to put that nigga in the group. So when he got in the group and all this shit started changing, then leaders of the new school came out. They was a they was a big part of shit too. Leaders of the new school with the ad-libs and with they, how they came. It's like, yo, this shit is ill. Dodd's effects came out, Cypress Hills. So we was putting all these elements that we were seeing in hip hop and that made throw your guns. That made Onyx, you know what I'm saying? Was that also like the um inspiration for like stick and move? Word, stick and move. Now stick and move inspiration came from straight up from 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 Google Gangstar. 
Stick up kids is out the tag. You know what I'm saying? I am I'm doing an interview. I said, what's up? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, so the stick and move thing, that came from stick up kids is out the tags. Boing. You know, rest in peace to Guru. We, we kind of did our own version. You know, stick and move, stick and move. But that was from stick up kids is out the tags. You know what I'm saying? Like, See? You see what I'm saying? We just did our version. Yeah, I'm going to go get it right now. Okay. Right in here. Oh, hola. Right. So, yeah, that's that's how that came, man. You know what I'm saying? Gangstar, that that whole movement. Because we used to run into, we used to run into Primo and, and, and Guru in the city coming up. They was like, they was like the rappers that we used to see that was on TV that we used to run into in person. You know what I'm saying? Leaders of the new school. We used to see them in the clubs. So it was just ill. It was like, yo, you know, we was in hip hop before we really, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we always kind of like managed to be a part of this culture even before meeting Jay, before the record deals, because we was going to the city a lot. We was going to Manhattan coming from Queens. We was going on the train, going to the city, getting inside the clubs, Latin quarters, you know what I'm saying? The tunnel. We did all of that, you know what I'm saying? Red Zone, Mars. We did all of that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, we was we was club kids. We was going to the club every night, every night, battling niggas on the lines, all types of shit, just being a part of New York hip-hop. And, and people like Gangstar and Guru, them dudes was, we was seeing them dudes, brand new being, you know what I'm saying? We used to see all them dudes out in the clubs, man. You know? You, you know, and um, Back the Fuck Up recently turned, I think, 27 or 28. I'm, I'm not sure of the years, yeah. but... Um, 93, 93, so it'll be 27, yeah? Yeah. And I remember that was, like, one of the first... Um, I, I think I had it on cassette. I used to sneak and listen to it back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Mom Dukes. They, that album. That album was uh, it was it was outlandish, in your face. But it was important for what we was doing mm-hmm. and the message we were sending. We were sending a clear message to back the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? And that was the intro. That's the way we wanted to to, to come in the game. We had to come in the game with force. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, radio wasn't really trying to play our records. We had to fight for all of that, man. Like, you know, we was we was always the underdogs, always. You know, on Clockers, I'm not sure if they wrote this by design, but um, I think when you guys on the bench was fighting with Makai Pfeiffer character, he told y'all, man, yeah, yeah. back the fuck up. I'm not sure if that was by design or, oh, you know, or, or just happenstance. I ain't, I ain't even peeped that. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got to check. I got to check that. I didn't even know he said that. That's funny. That's ill. All right. So like the follow up to um <clears throat> to that was all we got. And like um on that album, like Last Days was like a classic song. Like I remember that song being being an eight mile man. Just that beat was just so hard, man. Like can you take us like on the making of um Last Days. Oh man, um, yeah, I could definitely do that because I produced that track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the second album, all we got is us, was was home produced. You know, the first album we had Shy Skills, another producer that passed away for Onyx. Um, Shy Skills produced Slam, Throw Your Guns, and 
basically the whole first album Shot Skills produced. You know what I'm saying? Um, he, yo, yo, Shot Skills was ill. But producing the first album, every time I would touch Shot Skills MP3 or touch his beats machine, he'd be like, yo, don't touch my shit, son. Yo, 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 don't touch my shit. So I was like, all right. We bought our own shit. We went to Sam Ash, bought our own shit. So now we got our own setup. So now after the first album, you know, Jam Master J was there doing the first album, Shot Skills and Randy Allen. We had the whole Jam J. It was uh, Onyx's first album. So we had all the executive producers. Everything was around us at that time. You know what I'm saying? To create the album. So, um... After we came out with the first album, with the success, the shit going full platinum, slam double platinum, shit was crazy. We on tour with Dre, Dr. Dre, Snoop, all types of shit, like just killing it on tour, Run DMC. The first album was crazy. So by the time we did the second album, we got the money, we got the bag for the second album. You know what I'm saying? Niggas gave us that mill ticket, niggas got a milli for the, for the second album. And we look back at it, we think about it, niggas was really paying us with our own money. You know what I'm saying? This is crazy. We got a mill, but they owed us more than a mill. So it's, but anyway, we went to Jersey and we got this crib in Jersey. Crazy ass crib. So me and Sticky, we got the crib in Jersey. Jam Master J, he, he doing his thing with other artists. You know what I'm saying? He got J.O. Felony, the family and other artists he rocking with. So now we kind of secluded doing our own shit. So now we got our own beat machines. We got our own crib where we where, where we isolated in Jersey. So now we just started making beats. Digging for records, going to record conventions. Every Sunday they got record conventions at fucking high schools in Manhattan paying $250 for one record just because the cover looked good. Niggas was spending mad. We go we go to the record convention with two or $3,000 and come home with five records, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just because the cover looked good. Yo, this cover looked ill, my nigga. Go get this shit. Because we was like, yo, if the record costs us $500, $200, whatever it costs, if we catch a sample off it, it's going to be worth way more. So we invested a lot of money in, in records, you know what I'm saying? And we learned a lot about music. In the process, we learned a lot about sampling, a lot of, you know, who to sample, you know, this and that. Like, we used to see Diamond D, Q-Sip, and all them niggas at the, at, the, at the record conventions, you know what I'm saying? So now we into this producing shit. So we had the MPC, we had the SP1200, and we had an S950. You know what I'm saying? That's, that was to, you know, that was our equipment. So we ran into this kid named Adolf the Assassin. They call him Aguilar right now, you know what I'm saying? At the time, Adolf the Assassin was in a little, he was in a little bullshit on some street shit. And he produced, he was nice, you know what I'm saying? So we was like, yo, Get away from the bullshit in the streets. Come fuck with us in Jersey. So so now we got Adolf the Assassin. He kind of like, you know, he rocking with us, doing the beats. You know what I'm saying? So it was me, Adolf, Sticky Fingers. So we all in the crib, rocking on the beats. I might rock on it one night. He might rock on it. We was just taking turns and shit. So one day, I woke up in the morning, man. It was early in the morning, man. I wrote some shit up. Throw some shit up, probably with some Branson, because we used to get weed from Branson back in the days. And Harlem, man, I, I wrote some shit up, man. Start playing his record, and I heard the bass line. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. I said, wait a minute. I rewound that shit. I said, mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. I said, yo, 
yo, this is crazy. I'm like, I just kept playing the bass line. Boom, 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 boom. I see, yo, this is crazy. So I looped it up. When I looped it up, I just had the bass line playing loop for like two or three days straight. No drums, nothing. Just the bass line. Boom, 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 boom. Then I found the drums and shit. I was like, well, you know, I fucks with Tropical Quest. So I, you know, I like their drums. So I found the original, the original drums to this, to this Tropical Quest record. It was called Brethren. And those were the drums I used for the joint. So I put those drums on that bass line and it was history. That beat stayed on the MPC for about two or three months. Nobody touched that beat machine. That shit played in the crib for two or three months. Non-stop, my nigga. Real shit. Niggas, yo, niggas would play that beat, go inside the beat machine and start crying and shit. Take some crazy drugs and just be going through ill shit because that shit was just, something about that beat just gave you that feeling. You know what I'm saying? This shit was like godly. Facts, man. It brought, it brought like the, it brought like shit was like it brought that feeling like when you go to church you feel that shit. That's what it was. That that last day shit is one of the illest beats in hip hop ever, and I can't believe I made that shit. Straight up, I, I, it's crazy. You know, because speak- I don't, I don't even produce no more. I mean, I don't even I don't touch the keys no. I don't do none of that no more. You know, um, speaking of church, man, your latest album just released, and like my favorite joint off that is like What If Part Two. And um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that song kind of has that same um take me to church type of vibe to it too. Yeah man that's so full. Just that that music that you know and 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 the like you said the second album the first album was back the fuck up loud kicking the door we obnoxious and we did that. But the second album Wu-Tang had came out after us and they kind of changed the sound of hip hop. So now it's time for Onyx to come out with another album. All right. So now we looking at Woo, like they probably was looking at us when they came out. You know what I'm saying? So now they was into the soul samples. They was into the, the more melodic, you know what I mean? So it was like, okay, we gonna, we gonna, this is where it's at. We gonna rock that way. You know what I'm saying? So. My production was was um, insp- inspired by RZA. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and Pete Rock like that. But yeah, when RZA came out, I was like, okay, this is where the last day should because I seen when he was doing this, like, okay, he doing that, I'm doing this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Evil Streets, I produce Evil Streets. Um, Shout, uh, Most Deaf, the whole the Walk in New York joint I produced. Um, I murder you, Gang Green, Last Days, the whole the whole fucking second album, basically. You know what I'm saying? You know, versus is a pretty big thing right now. Like, if you can do a versus with you and Stick against anybody else, like who would it be? Oh uh, man, I'm a, like I always say. I always say MOP, man. You know what I'm saying? It's two. They from Brooklyn. We from Queens. We came out the same year. I mean, it just it just makes sense, you know what I'm saying? They got a big record, we got a big record. They got a lot of underground records, we got a lot of under. So yeah, MOP and Onyx would be stupid. Y'all gonna be screaming at each other the whole time. My niggas, like those are my peoples. Like I fucks with them on some real shit. Like just on some, it was good, my dude. Like that type of shit, you know what I'm saying? So MOP would definitely be. They definitely would be. 
the guys who I would want to do a versus with because I just think for the culture that would be crazy. Crazy. All right, so like I kind of want to transition to to some of your movies now. Like um you've been in some of the best cinema to date, like but but your first star role was Strap with Bamboo. And um I see a lot of parallels between Bamboo and Bishop from Juice. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely a parallel between me and Tupac. You know what I'm saying? First of all, we born the same year, 1971. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually older than Pac. Pac's birthday is June 16th, the day after my mom's birthday. But um, every time I saw Tupac, he would call me his little brother. Like, yo, what up, little bro? You know what I'm saying? Niggas been saying little bro because he was calling me little bro. And the whole time I thought he was older than me because he just it's like big bro. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, at that time... He had Juice and I had Strapped Out. So those were the only two movies out at that time that kind of kind of had the same vibe. You know what I'm saying? They both was New York movies about some street niggas and they both had a high head in the movie. I was a, definitely a high head. You know what I'm saying? Busting my gun, selling guns to kids and shit. I ain't give a fuck. And Tupac, <laughs> he, he like, he, he taking guns from his man and all that. Like So imagine if Bishop and Bamboo Imagine them niggas was in a movie together with that shit. Bishop, Bamboo, and fucking throw Old Dog in there. Fuck it. <laughs> nah, nah, somebody getting shot. Somebody getting shot. Quick, tell you. <laughs> but yeah, man, Tupac, rest in peace to Pac, man. He always was um he always was a big fan of Onyx, and it was it was vice versa with Pac. You know what I'm saying? I always loved what he was doing. And he always Always let it be known that he fucked with Onyx, man. I remember one time he was on Angie Martinez show, and this was after the, you know, the East Coast, West Coast shit. And he was like, yo, I got love for New York niggas, man. You know niggas like, like boot camp click, niggas like Onyx, fuck with niggas out in New York. And I was like, oh shit, nigga pop shout niggas out on the radio, son, yo, yo. You know what I'm saying? So he always, he always gave it up. So, you know, I, I think, I think the, the, the mutual respect was there between me and him. You know what I'm saying? Even when the nigga came to the Sunset Park premiere with him and Suge, man, you know, I, I, them niggas is watching me. At, you know, they watching Sunset Park. It felt crazy because I knew Pac was not my competition, but I knew that Pac was the guy, you know what I'm saying, like standing across from me, you know what I'm saying, doing the same shit I'm doing. And to know that he was watching me at the Sunset Park premiere, like, you know, he had the popcorn, Twizzlers, all that shit. I'm like, this nigga, every time I kept looking back, this nigga having a good time, smiling his face, he, you know, enjoying the movie and shit. I'm like, yo, this nigga Tupac is watching me on the motherfucking movie. I said, yo, this is ill. I said, this is fucking ill. I said, we gotta blow one down in the parking lot after this one. Word. All right. After the nigga, we blew it down. Blew it down. Like, Straight up. like Offset, who was the best hooper from um, Sunset Park? Antoine Tanner, definitely. I would say Antoine Tanner, but Anthony C. Hall, you know, Chicago, my man, he, he, he probably was the most at, most athletic. But Antoine trainer, Antoine Tanner, I mean, he he was he was he had that he had that Steph Curry shit. That nigga was nasty, son. That nigga, this nigga, boy, this nigga, he was yo, he was just like Steph Curry. That nigga could hit a three from anywhere. Any fucking way. That was an ill, Ill movie filming Sunset Park because that's all we did. When the cameras was off, when they said cut, 
niggas was playing basketball all day, every day. Straight up. The whole time niggas was playing basketball. So to go to work to shoot a movie and play basketball all day was just crazy. Niggas was in LA smoking the best weed. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. This is my first time in LA. Like, I'm like, yo, the LA weed was crazy. That's why I never left. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, um, you're still out there now? Never left, man. The weed got me here, man. I'm all over here, man. I'm in New York, but you know, I'm still, I'm still in Queens. I'm still in Queens. I got a little spot in Queens on the low, low. But um, yeah, man, LA, man, Sunset Park. When I did that movie, I came out here and I was like, yo, I ain't going back home, man. I was, I was at Danny DeVito crib, and you know, because Rio Perman was the, you know, she was my co-star in the movie. We went to Danny DeVito's crib, and we went to his crib. We went to Danny DeVito crib, the whole Sunset Park cast. And I'm going to tell you who was at the crib when we was there. Samuel Jackson was there chilling. Chilling. Samuel Jackson was just chilling. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. No, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's the other nigga? Biddy Barbarino. Biddy Barbarino. What's this nigga name for saying that live? Shit, I don't even know. Oh, the, the Saturday Night Live nigga. Sylvester, St- no, not Sylvester Stallone, the other nigga, man, the big nigga. But anyway, man, when I was when I went to Danny DeVito crib, I was like, yo, this is crazy, man. Fucking Samuel Jackson, Danny DeVito, big mansions. Oh, I never left. I said, yo, this is what I want my life to be. Fuck that. Since you're out there in um, L.A., are you a fan of the Lakers or are you still a homer with us? With the Knicks, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of LeBron James, man. I, I rocks with LeBron, man. So if he if he on the Lakers, I'm fucking with the Lakers. If he on Miami, I'm fucking with Miami. If he if he at Cleveland, I'm fucking with Cleveland. I, I like I'm like I like more like players than the actual teams they play for because I'm from New York, man. And New York teams, you can't you can't win. You can't root for them. You can't you can't enjoy that. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, I just started gravitating to more towards what players I like, like LeBron James, Dame Dollar, one of my favorite players. You know what I'm saying? Um, John Morant, one of my new favorite players. Oh, yeah, he nasty, um, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I like the dudes who bring that, that, that nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? LeBron is squeaky clean, but he played like he from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? He bring that nigga ball. I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Allen Iverson, dudes like that. You know, those are the type of dudes that I like. I can see that. As far as basketball, you know what I'm saying? Dudes that could do, who got that, you know, James Harden, you know, of course. You know, Russell, Westbrook, one of my favorites. You know, he go hard. Like, you know, that's that's what I'm into, man. So, yeah, but the Lakers, yeah, I'm fucking with the Lakers. Definitely. You know, I think it was last year or the year before, I was talking to um to Kevin Garnett. And I asked him, like, what type of music did you listen to, like, to get you hyped up for games? You know what he said? Onyx. That's all he listened no, he to. Didn't. I'm dead ass. I'm oh, dead what? ass. That's crazy, man. Kevin Garnett, yo, that's an ill dude right there, man. He wanted a ball head just like you guys had back then. So, like, yeah. you guys kind of birthed yo. all of that, like DMX style, yo. Kevin yo, Garnett style, said, all of that. Hey. Yeah, speaking of Sunset Park, so you know when you when you do a movie that you got to go to like a press run. So 
being it was a basketball movie, we had a lot of press runs going to basketball games. So one of the games we went to was a um, was a uh, we we went to see Kevin Garnett. He was on the Timberwolves. So we went down there. You know what I'm saying? Met Kevin Garnett. Shook the, yo, this when I met this dude, yo, I couldn't believe how tall he was, bro. It was like crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yo, was, so that whole Sunset Park shit was ill because we was that kind of brought us into the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then a lot of people from the NBA love that movie. You know what I'm saying? So when I meet a ball player, if I see somebody that playing the NBA, all I all I gotta do is say, yo, Sunset Park. And they be like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, but then Slam, the record Slam, you gotta do the knowledge. Check this out. When Slam came out, it was 1993. Uh-huh. What year did Slam magazine come out? Same year. 1994. So I think they owe you guys a check. Actually, they don't always check because it's two different, um, it's two different genres, mm-hmm. for say. But I think they got the inspiration from us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, with that being said, the Slam record, even though we didn't make it for, we, when we made Slam record, we didn't even think about basketball. We didn't even, it wasn't even, we didn't even put two and two together. Slam, slam dunk. We didn't even think like that. We was just thinking slam dance, slam go crazy. But that record has transformed into one of NBA's. We basically got a partnership with NBA because that record gets licensed a hundred times a year through the NBA because of just they played a lot. You know what I'm saying? Poor George did the Gatorade commercial with the Slam. Slam was in NBA 2K. You know what I'm saying? So Slam record has brought us to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that's just crazy because we never even thought that would happen. We, we didn't even plan that. Are you nice with the sticks in um, 2K? Nah, I don't. I don't uh, play video games. Nah, I, nah. Okay. I smoke. I smoke too much weed. I just want to smoke and chill. <laughs> All you know right. what I mean, I, I like to write a lot. You know what I mean? Like I like to write a lot, so I can't really play video games. But I'm gonna get my sons into that shit, man. Because you know. You can you shit these these kids playing video games they killing them right now you know what I'm saying so I'm gonna start my kids off young. <laughs> right. Before I let you go, I have to ask you this one on one: Who's winning, Shorty or Kylie Washington from Above the Rim? Or was it Kyle yeah. Washington? Kyle Washington. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Shorty, man. I'm gonna have to put put the bet on myself, man. I'm gonna have to put the bet on myself, man. But just to let you know, Sunset Park, I did have a double. So there was another nigga running around with the same uh, for real? I thought that was you. Nah. You know what it is? When you're an actor, when you have to act and you gotta do basketball, so they wanna make sure that your acting is on point before anything else. So all the heavy lifting as far as the basketball work, you know, they played it smart and got a got a body double. So we on the set, you might see two Fredros from far away. Shit look good. This shit was crazy, man. This shit was wild. I was like, okay, this is what movie making is about. I'm here for this shit. I'm with it. You heard? Man, just yeah, kill my child. Before we bounce, man, I just want to say we got we got a we got a podcast and it's called Rappers and Ballers, me and my man uh-huh. Johnny Boger. And um we basically talk about sports, like we talking right now, hip hop, smoke weed, all that, you know what I'm saying? So it's called Rappers and Ballers. 
We got an EP to go along with that because Vajati Vogue, he, he nice with, with the rhyme, so we put an EP with it. You know what I'm saying? It's to support us on real hip-hop shit. So check out Rappers and Ballers, man. You know what I'm saying? And that new Onyx album, Onyx for Life. I'm out of here. Where can we find the podcast? It's everywhere, man. It's on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, wherever. You know what I'm saying? Rappers and Ballers. Holla.